I always love the beginning of a new year and what feels like a fresh start. If you're anything like me, you've created a vision board or you've created lists and new fresh notebooks. Well, two nights ago, I was driving in the car with my husband and he turned to me and he said, Catherine, you know what the problem with that is? And I said, no, Steve, why don't you enlighten me? And he said, you make everything on your list the same degree of importance. And when the inconsequential things matter as much as the big, well, that's a hard way to live. And I immediately wanted to say something snarky in return, like, well, then who's going to do all the little things if I don't? But I took a deep breath and I just sat and I listened and I thought, could he actually be right? And as I listened and thought and contemplated, I've wondered, am I often missing the mark? Well, in General Conference, Elder Renlund shared ways to help us stop overthinking and help us dial in our focus. Hi, and welcome to Magnify. We are a podcast that helps keep General Conference top of mind without adding to your to-do list. I'm your host, Katherine Davis, a mom, a seminary teacher, and a big football fan who loves God. And I am so excited to learn and be inspired with you. We know life is busy, and we are here to lighten the load by bringing you weekly spiritual reminders that will leave you feeling a little bit better than before. And today I'm joined by Hillary Craner, who happens to be a pretty talented graphic designer and uses her talents to spread light and joy. She can often be found poking fun of herself on her Instagram page with her obsession with 80s and 90s nostalgia, a girl after my own heart. She is all about the simple joys, which makes her a perfect fit to talk about how to dial in our focus on Jesus Christ. So Hillary, I am so glad that you're here today. I am so excited to be here. Okay, quick question. If you could bring one thing back from the 80s, what would it be? Okay, that is a great question. Uh, I'm going to say it's it's actually kind of hard to answer that because there are a lot of things that have already come back. <laughs> so <laughs> one true. Of, one of the things that I loved <laughs> from when I was younger, this is probably more 90s, but a caboodle. Do you remember the caboodles where they were like, they're like little containers and you open the lid up and there's all these different compartments and stuff, but they were like fun and colorful. And I think probably teenagers at the time put makeup in them, but I was too young for that. So I just kept like my, I'm pretty sure I had boondoggle in there. Do you remember boondoggle? Yes. I'm probably Yes. <laughs> that I remember. <laughs> so I don't know. I... I mean, if it's an object, it's probably something fun like that. But just what I would really love to come back is the simplicity of the 80s and 90s. I just feel like life was just so much more simple back then. But maybe that's also because I was a child and oblivious to how complicated life could actually be. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe both. Maybe Maybe they both play a part. Maybe both. Which is kind of a great way to talk about Elder Renlund's talk about dialing in our focus. And I think looking and making things more simple. I totally have a tendency to make things way more complicated than they need to be. And as he starts off his talk, he sets us up with the story. Hillary, do you want to tell us about that? Yes. So I really love the story that he shared at the beginning of his talk because I feel like it really outlined the rest of everything he had to say. 
So there were a couple of archaeologists that were searching for King Tut's tomb, and they had looked for years and years with no result. And they realized that the part that they hadn't searched was right below them at their base camp. And so when they decided to look there, it only took a couple of days and they found the stairs that were leading down to King Tut's tomb. And it was then that they realized that they had been standing on what they were looking for the entire time. And I cannot imagine the frustration. I mean, I'm sure elation. They were so happy. But when they realized that it had been under their feet the entire time. And so Elder Renland uses this story to basically say, how often are we looking beyond the mark and making things, you know, just taking too much time looking elsewhere when we really could just look at our mark, which is Jesus Christ. When have you experienced that, Hillary? Like when in your life have you felt like maybe you've missed the mark? Oh, <laughs> that's I, when have I not missed the mark, really? Right? <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was actually thinking back on an experience that I had a few years ago. We were searching for a specialist for one of our children. And I had gone on Google. I had read you know, Google reviews. I had gone on Facebook, on our neighborhood page, just asking for different recommendations. And I feel like a couple of weeks had gone by and I just hadn't come up with anything and just didn't feel right about any of the results that I had come up with. And so I was really frustrated one night and I just, I had the thought come into my mind, just ask Heavenly Father, like say a prayer, which should have been the first thought, you know, from the very beginning. But like I said, or like we've talked about, we like to make things a little bit more complicated than they have to be. <laughs> so, yeah. So I said that prayer later that evening. I just sort of had this nudge to go onto the church's website and I just thought, okay, I'm just going to search this condition that my child has, see if there's any chance that there is anything on the church's website, like an article. Or maybe somebody's talked about it in general conference. And I typed it in and I saw several articles and I even saw a video, a, an interview with a specialist and she looked amazing. And she was talking exactly about what I was looking for, for my child. And I thought, this is her. And, but I thought, oh, she's for sure too far away. She probably doesn't even live near me. <laughs> so I go to Google. This time I did use Google. And typed in her name, and she ended up being three minutes from my house. Her office was literally, I mean, less than five minutes from my home. And so that was just one of those moments and one of those times when my prayer was answered immediately. But I think it was one of those times, the reason it was answered so quickly was just to teach me that you have that mark right there. Stop trying to look beyond it and turn to it first. And I, I was reviewing the talk actually this morning and Elder Renland says something so good because I think that when we hear stories like that where the prayer was answered immediately, we think, oh, well, that's cool. But 
how many prayers that and questions? For me. Yeah. And how many questions do I have? Because I do. I have lots of questions that just aren't haven't been answered. So I, I think that we need to keep that in mind that turning to him isn't necessarily going to produce an immediate answer. It will produce what we need to be able to be patient and have peace as we wait for that answer. But I want to share what Elder Redland said. And he said, we do not need to labor unsuccessfully as they did for a time to find our treasure, nor need we seek counsel from exotic sources, prizing the novelty of the source and thinking such counsel will be more enlightened than that which we can receive from a humble prophet of God. And the reason I love that is because I do have questions. I think that we've even, I've even heard it talked about on this podcast before where questions are a good thing to have. Yeah. But they're only good if you're looking in the right places for the answers. And I think that what Elder Renland is saying here is when we have those questions, rather than looking for these studies or looking for, well, he explains it as exotic sources, thinking that, you know, that novelty will have the right answer just merely because of the novelty. Turning to Jesus is actually where we will find the answer. And if not the answer, immediately the peace and patience while we wait for that answer. Isn't that interesting that, I mean, we live in an age where we have information at our fingertips. And I think you're right that sometimes we get information overload. And I don't know about you, but even sometimes when I'm trying to prepare a talk or prepare a lesson, I start searching and searching. And then my brain just is going to explode because there's a million different ways I could go. And, and I feel in a similar way, I just have to stop and, and go to the source and trust my revelation, my answers that I don't always need to depend on all these, even if they're great, I don't always need to depend on everybody else's feelings about the scriptures, but going directly to the source. And I think, don't you think that's sometimes how we miss the mark? Like we don't go to the source. We go to people talking about the source. Yes. Oh, that's so good, Catherine. I totally agree with that. And I think that, you know, we've said that we as human beings are, are really good at making things complicated, but I think we as women, especially, I feel like it just comes naturally to us to just make things complicated. And I love that Jesus has always been about simplifying and about keeping things simple. Even, you know, when when he would heal people or back in the Bible where all they had to do was look at the staff and be and they would be healed. With Moses. Yeah. Yes. And I mean that's something so simple and then there were people that were like that's so easy. Like there's no way that's going to work. You know, or whatever it was they felt like they knew better than what God was telling them and or what the prophet was telling them. But I, I just think that that remembering that Jesus encourages simplicity mm-hmm. and teaches by simplicity, that that will help us to look to him and to remember not to make things so complicated. Really a powerful way to look at it. And I, and I think in our desire to do good and be good and to become who we want to become or set these goals. I think sometimes we do overcomplicate things and 
And I know sometimes I get caught up in the lists and the steps and I miss seeing him. I miss yeah. seeing him in the morning sunrise or in the sunset. And I think it's easy to look past that and, and not see him. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think that, you know, I've even asked myself, when Jesus comes again, will I recognize him? Last, I'm trying to think when the Saratoga Springs open house was, but I I had the opportunity to help at the Saratoga Springs Temple open house. As volunteers there, towards the end of your shift, it's very organized with how they sort of switch your shift off and transfer it to another person. And so there's a moment in time when you're one-on-one with some of the volunteers and then all of a sudden you're all together. Well, when I was one-on-one, I had just been relieved of my shift. I I came upon this woman and she looked at me, she turned to me and she was so excited. And she was, she said, did you see Jesus? And I, I was taken back. I had no, yeah. I'm like, wait, what, how did I miss this? And she said, Jesus came through the open house tonight. And I was like, and so part of me was like, wait, what? Like, did I miss this? The other part of me was thinking, okay, maybe she's talking about the paintings, like all the beautiful paintings that are there. (laughs) And she could tell that I was just completely confused. And she said, the, the actor who plays Jesus in the Bible videos, did you see him? He came through tonight. And so I kind of laughed and I said, oh my goodness, I didn't even know, you know, I didn't, I, I don't know if I would recognize him. And she told me that he was kind of hard to recognize because he's actually a redhead in real, in real life. Anyway, <laughs> it's like undercover Jesus. I know. You know that show? <laughs> no, seriously. I felt like I was like, wait. How does, is this how it's going to happen? Like what? Anyway, it was hilarious. We get on the elevator and the rest of the volunteers are there. And she asks the same question. She's like, did you guys see Jesus? And I like pipe up. I kind of save everybody from that awkward moment of what (laughs) I said. It was the actor from the Bible videos. And we all just kind of laughed and talked about how, you know, some, some of them saw him, some of them didn't. And we just we're like, well, if this was a test, we failed miserably because <laughs> some of us did not recognize him. And, you know, as the week went on and a, a few days, I, I think it was actually a few days later, I started thinking about that question. Did you see Jesus? I really had to ask myself that, like, how are we going to be able to recognize Jesus when he comes again? And then I was thinking about that night and I thought, okay, I didn't necessarily see the actor Jesus, but there were things that I saw in the temple that evening that I knew were from Jesus or because of Jesus. For example, there was a a moment when I was standing outside of the doors that lead into the celestial room. What happened was when you were taken on the tour You come down the hallway and the doors to the celestial room are closed. And then as you approach, the volunteers will open up the doors for you. And being there as the person to see the faces of everybody as they saw that room for the first time was such a spiritual and amazing experience for me. I just, every time that I opened up that door, the countenances 
of those people completely lit up. Some of them, there was an audible gasp of just because it was just so beautiful. And the light from that room would just flood into the hallway. And it was something that you not only saw, but you could feel. And I remember thinking, I saw Jesus in their faces. And then there was a moment when I was in the celestial room and um, there was a man that was sitting with his friend. And you could tell that he may have been to a temple before, but if so, it was probably not for a long time. He hadn't been for a long time. He was just sitting in one of the chairs. I mean, you could tell that life had been really hard on him. That's, I think, the best way to describe him is he just looked rough. And he was sitting in one of the chairs and just had tears streaming down his face. I saw Jesus in him as well. And then I, the third time that I you know, was thinking of the volunteers that were there helping at the open house and them sacrificing their time, leaving their families and other activities so that these people could come and have those experiences. The way that we will recognize Jesus when he comes is through living his gospel and through service. That is such a great question to ask yourself. Like, have I seen Jesus? Have you asked yourself that question since that day at the temple? I ask myself that all the time now. And, you know, one of the reasons that it was brought up to me with this talk is Elder Renlund actually talks about when Jesus was here in his mortal ministry and how people just didn't see him. They didn't see him for who he was. That's why it's important for me to think, okay, will I see him for who he is when he comes? It's been so profound to be able to take some time every once in a while and just think, did I see Jesus today? And sometimes that's in my scripture study. Sometimes that's just in one of my kids laughing, you know, just seeing joy in people. I don't know what I would love to know. I'm curious. Have you seen Jesus today even? Actually, that is such an interesting question today. Well, I am a big believer in we find what we're looking for. I ask my seminary students that every day. Like, where did you see God's hand in your life? And learning to recognize that and the small and simple things. And just this last week at the start of school, it's always hard for me to start a new semester. You have new students and you're like, are they going to like me? Or do they think I'm the old lady? Or You know what I mean? You're just... <laughs> And I just sometimes go through all of this self-doubt and... Yeah, that's completely normal. I hope so, because otherwise <laughs> I am really not normal. But I got this little note today from a student last semester who wrote me this little note about a lesson. And I thought it was a lesson that didn't go over very well. And I kind of was like, oh, that was terrible. And nobody really learned anything. And anyway, it was a lesson that I wasn't sure made a difference or did what I was hoping it would do. And he wrote me this little note about this lesson and how that was the moment where he knew that God loved him despite of his past mistakes and that he was all in. And that for me was God's hand in a moment where I'm doubting, where I'm questioning if I can make a difference or, or be any good. It was in a note from a student. So I... I believe when we look, we'll find. I love that. Another thing that I took from this talk from Elder Renland was how we 
must not undervalue the power that daily repentance. He, he mentions three things, and I think that they're so great. The first one is daily repentance, partaking of the sacrament is the second, and attempt, attending the temple. And he talks about how we shouldn't undervalue the power that doing those things has in our lives. I actually remember your episode when you were talking about how you talked to your missionary son. And the question that he asked you was, have you been to the temple? recently. And that's what he, cause that's all he wanted was just go to the temple and he asked you. And you were like, I can't remember if you had said that you had or not, but I know for me, it would be like, oh my gosh, I feel so bad. I, it's something that I take for granted. And Elder Renlund actually talks about this, how it's easy to put something, you know, do that other thing that came up rather than stick to that commitment of going to the temple. So as I thought about why do I allow myself to put other things before going to the temple or before scripture study or whatever it is, I had this experience in primary. That's my calling right now, which I absolutely love. And I was teaching about uh, the wise man who built his house upon the rock. And I opened up the question to the class. I just said, how can we build our testimony on our rock, our Savior, Jesus Christ. I teach young, I'm in junior primary. So when I ask a question, you never know if it's going to just be a, a story that's going to derail. The, <laughs> you know, we're going to have to kind of do a detour and come back around to the lesson or if it's actually going to be something that's spot on. And so this cute little girl is just so excited. She's like jumping out of her seat. She wants to share something. And so I call on her. And it starts out, she says that she and her sister were playing with bubbles today before church. And I was like, okay, great. We're derailing. This is fine. <laughs> we'll just let her finish her story and then get back on. And she continued talking and she said, you know, my sister and I love bubbles so much. They, you know, they're just so much fun to play with. And my mom came up to us before church and she said that we needed to stop playing with bubbles because it was time to go to church. And she kind of just expressed how she really didn't want to stop playing with bubbles. And her sister was starting to cry. And she turned to her sister and she said, you know what? We need Jesus more than we need bubbles. And so they decided to put the bubbles away and, and came to church. And I looked over at my husband, who was my <laughs> teaching companion. And I was like, I was not expecting such a profound thing to come from that story. (laughs) (laughs) And because of that, I have had that in my mind as well as just like, what is, what are the things in my life that I need Jesus more than? And is there anything that could go above that? Really? Yeah, no, there's not. And I think that's also what Elder Renlund's talking about as far as Jesus is our mark. There's no need to look beyond that mark. That also comes along with just, there's really nothing that we need more than we need Jesus. I think that's such a great question to ask myself, especially when I'm tired or I'm, you know, wanting to sleep or not get in my scriptures or what to do, whatever. Can I just ask myself, okay, do I need Jesus more than this Netflix show? No, like, but we do. I just, like, seriously, like, it's putting it in such simple ways. And that's what yeah. I, it's like the whole purpose of his talk. We overcomplicate everything. Mm-hmm. But can we just bring it down to how, what you said earlier, which I love that Jesus taught in simplicity? 
I need Jesus yeah. more than I need fill that in with whatever yeah. it is that you think you need. I think you, well, we all need Jesus more. For sure. And and then there's the question of why. Why do we need Jesus more? And that goes back to the things that he talks about, Elder Rendellin talks about how we undervalue the power that Jesus has in our lives. And I think that if we were to really think about how much our lives are blessed by our Savior, Jesus Christ, we would never want to put anything before him again. And I don't think that we do it intentionally either. I think that, as I said, it's really easy for us to make things complicated. It's also really easy for us to just get distracted. And sometimes those distractions are good things. They're not necessarily bad things. But as we allow Jesus more in our lives and allow his power in our lives, we have access to so many blessings. But also, I feel like on a more personal level, to become closer to our Savior, Jesus Christ. So as you've kind of thought about those questions, like, where have I seen Jesus today? And maybe what do I need Jesus more than? As you've tried to focus on those simple and small things, what have you learned about the Savior? One thing, he is all around. And he is a huge presence in my life, whether I recognize it all the time or not. And also that I just need to keep things simple because that's how he teaches and that's how he will talk to me. And that's oftentimes how he answers my prayers. I think that the language of the Spirit is just very simple. So, Hillary, what would be your small and simple challenge for us today to implement something from this conversation that we've had? Yeah, so I would love to, from the reminder number two, which was to see Jesus all around us, look for the little ways you notice Jesus around you and acknowledge those things. And maybe you'll write it down in your journal or share it with somebody else. But I think that as we start to look for Jesus in our lives, we will see him and we will just be in awe of how much he shows up. Yeah, I I do a tally mark on my whiteboard every time a student shares where they see the hand of God. And last semester, I had over 1,400 tally marks. Oh, that's amazing. From I love just that. the little ways. He's everywhere. We just need to look. Yes, definitely. So good, Hillary. Thank you so much for having this conversation with me. I really have just loved remembering how much Jesus is in each of our lives. And what I would love is if we can hop on over and continue this conversation on Instagram, social media. I would love to hear the ways that Jesus is showing up in your life. 